You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. How's it, Aki? Hello, Eusebius. Hello, Eusebius. Happy Father's Day. What did you get, handkerchiefs or Old Spice? No, actually, I actually got a, a, a beautiful pot plant. Oh? Yeah, that I've put in my lounge. I hope it wasn't cactus. No, it wasn't cactus uh, and okay. it wasn't cannabis either. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, I don't know. I need to check float, the leaves. The leaves look a bit dodgy. You look like you're floating like someone in Uber Air. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> speaking of which. Speaking of which, so segue into that. So so Uber last week had their um, conference. Uh, it was one of their conferences. This one was called Uber Elevate, right? And uh, they've unveiled at this Uber Elevate that they are going to be introducing flying taxis. And uh, they hope to, they're going to be starting this next year in Melbourne, interestingly enough, uh, the testing. But they're going to expand to cities like uh, Dallas and, and, you know, Chicago and on, on these kind of places. But, you know, depending on regulations, et cetera, and depending on how the tests go. But it's, it's, if you can imagine a helicopter um, and it's got the blades covered up, these are their taxis that they unveiled which they say eventually will cost cheaper than using a normal Uber vehicle in the in the what? next decade. That's how that's how they're looking at them. And this is Uber's vision. These are electrically powered aircraft and they will feature vertical takeoff and landing and they will be booked via your Uber app. And they're kind of developing these stations um, where this thing will land almost on a roof and you'll get off and you'll go. So it will have one, say, let's, let's say in Santon, in a, on top of a building, and that building was, will be the conduit for you to get to the street level and, and you know, con- continue with your commute. So they, they're saying that these flying taxis are going to be live, and they're talking about Melbourne, D- Dallas, Los Angeles as pilot cities. And they say that they will have commercial operation of these by 2023. Initially, they will have pilots behind them, um, and there's all sorts of videos. So they're really in the advanced stages of testing. They've got lots of partners from, you know, companies like Boeing, for example, and other companies that are developing this with them. Initially, they said that it will be, um, you know, piloted by somebody, but in, in years to come, it's going to be autonomous. So I don't know if I would trust the technology in one of these things, but uh, yeah, it will take time. It will take there. time. You'll get used to it. I mean, look, you're getting used to um, getting into a, an automated automated driving vehicle. But, yeah, um, imagine if the taxi industry gets hold of these things. I know. Hey? I'm also wondering what's going to happen to your, your reports. It's going to give far, far new meaning. To your um, traffic reports about what happens at flying saucer well, interchange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to have to change some You're sort have of to a name. Some names. But yeah. I mean, if you just think about the efficiencies of the system, hey, Eusebius, uh, you, you know, if you're going from, let's say, Oa Tambo and you want to get into Santon, you either use the Gautrain or you use, you know, the normal highway, this is going to cut commute time even by the Gautrain. They're talking about a trip of that kind of distance is about five or so minutes. Yeah. That's really quick. Um, and you, you know, bypassing all sorts of jams and other, you know, obstacles on your route. So, yeah, it's quite interesting <laughs> where they're going cool. with the future, hey? Beyond 2000. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and, 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 you know, we're not talking about something that's 20 years away. This is in the next five years. The, and the pilots even before then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. Who was Mary Meeker? So Mary Meeker is this analyst and she's oh, been doing okay. the, the internet trends every single year. And people stand and they listen to her very eagerly because she analyzes 
what's been going on. And this is, I think, her 20th one. She's been doing it for, for years and years and years. And people pay attention to what she says. And so the Internet trends are very interesting. And it's been interesting to see how it's evolving every year. And I, I watch it quite carefully because it gives you a really interesting insight in what's to come. But, you know, the one thing that stood out for me this year is that how many people around the world, of the world's population of, what, say, 7.2 billion people, how many of the world is connected to the Internet? Um, can I guess? Yeah, percentage-wise. Out of seven, how many billion? Out of seven? Yeah, call it I'd seven. I'd say about 3.8. 3.8? Yeah, okay. Well, you, you're pretty right. I mean, just over half of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I said that to him, and he now acts all clever with me. You evil person. I'll never send you the stats. But isn't it Thanks amazing that you see this? When I looked at that, I thought it would be a lot higher, and I've been watching it over the years. I would have thought a bigger percentage. Yeah, yeah. so it's only half of the world is connected to the internet, interestingly. Mm. So you just understand the scope mm. of growth. And, uh, you know, where the future is going to be. But it's, it's only up about 2% on last year, for example. So it's growing That's very really slowly. Yeah. And another thing that I found interesting are the world's top most valuable yeah. companies. <coughs> Excuse me. Out of the world's top 10 most valuable companies, seven of them are technology companies. Wow. Seven of the world's top most expensive companies, seven are technology okay. companies. Wow. Uh, and e-commerce now makes up 15% of world sales. Uh, it's up 12.4% on last year. Um, the, the other thing interesting is that interactive gamers are growing exponentially. I mean, 2.4 billion people last year played interactive games. Um, and, you know, big ones like Fortnite, for example, are just like massive at the moment. And then they look at some of the American trends. 88% of Americans use a second device like a phone while they watch TV. And they say that um, uh, 71% are looking at content of what they're watching on their, on their phones. 41% are messaging <laughs> friends and family. Um, and people now in America are spending 3.6 hours a day on their phones, so which is up from 3.3 hours last year. Wow. And that number is just growing. And, they, and they're saying that they're attributing this to larger phones. Uh, faster phones and you know the screen resolution is a lot better so people are are you know spending a lot more time on their phones but um, really you know mm -hmm. e-commerce is growing and 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 actual uh, normal uh, commerce where people are shopping is actually slowing down dramatically mm -hmm. so um, and that's what's happening in her How report much? it's quite extensive there's lots of other stuff that she talks about social media etc mm -hmm. etc but those are the key standout points how much time do you spend on your phone today i probably spend about the, about the same I would imagine. You know, if you take the minutes here and there, have you done that calculation, you see? I don't want to because I'm not going to like the results. I know there's an app that you can download. Yeah. There's an app for everything. Yes. I laughed because I want, I, Rebecca Davis was writing about it in her last book. Yes. And she ran this app and she was horrified at how many hours she spent. They just quietly notches up the time while you're on it. Yeah. Look, um, so you can find it out with certainty. Yeah, absolutely. Well, most of the, most of the phones have got screen time spent on screen time. So the, the software is there. Get it. And it would be quite interesting to, to actually measure how much we spend. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm on at least three hours. So I've got to be honest about it. Um, um it's how minimum, do you, minimum three hours? Yeah. So how do you pull away from that though? Because if you think about it, um, you used to you read a lot of newspapers in the past. You're reading a lot of articles on your phone. So you read an article, say you spend 10 minutes per article reading it, analyzing it. You might send a message to somebody to analyze it. Yeah. We're not phoning people as often as we used to. We're yeah. sending WhatsApps, etc. So I think that all adds up and That's contributes true. to the That's true. A few hours. You know. The next story is, I almost laughed when I saw it, but of course it's a serious potential breakthrough in innovation in medical diagnostics. I tell you, this is coming from Tempera University in 
Finland. And what traditionally happens when you are doing brain surgery, right? You're using a very you're using very fine technology to uh, excis- uh, to do excisions on on tumors, for example, mm-hmm. and you're actually burning part of the tumor and there's smoke that comes out and it's it's you know it's a technology that uses an electric knife or a diathermy blade which is what they call that the widely used equipment that they use in neurosurgery but when they start burning the tissue the tiny molecules that are released are called they call it surgical smoke and traditionally what you do if you're a neurosurgeon you'd uh, cut away some of the samples you'd send it to the laboratory yeah. the laboratory would analyze it and they'd send it back to you and they would say this is uh, you know this tumor is uh, benign or not benign um now what they've done is they've attached a piece of technology to the surgical knife that takes the smoke that is burnt and is analyzing it instantly and it will be able to tell you instantaneously um you know if 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 there is a cancer or not with the help of the artificial nose with the help of the artificial nose so there's like a little tube that takes in the smoke and it analyzes it instantly in that surgical room the doctor can see what they're burning if it's cancerous or not if that tumor is cancerous or not no that's, that's no that's not <laughs> <laughs> get uh, but get it's it's incredible to think that I, I I'm always blown away by all of the technology stories, but the ones in medicine I can't keep up with. No, the, and and this is actually the one thing about Mary Meeker's report coming back to it. She says that that it's growing exponentially. Uh, mobile medicine, where people are hmm. using technology to diagnose. You know, from far afield. So doctors are becoming a lot more agile and yeah. are able to do a lot more from Remotely. one location. Mm. So, yeah, but it's interesting that we're getting to that point of technology where surgeons in real time will be able to tell if wow. that tumor that they're working on is cancerous or not. You don't you have to wait for the laboratory. All the difference with treatment and whatever you are Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. Thank you, Aki. We'll do it again next Monday. Thank you.